I don't want to go on a rant here, but America's foreign policy makes about as much sense as Beowulf having sex with Robert Fulton at the First Battle of Antietam. I mean, when a neoconservative defenestrates, it's like Raskolnikov filibuster deoxymonohydroxinate. The hell does rant mean? It seems today that all you see is vile... Hey! A bag of weed, a bag of weed, oh, everything is better with a bag of weed, it's the only nothing you'll ever need because... Though they try to defeat me, they can all just freaking eat me. We'll make you call fellatio a trouser-friendly kiss. Here's the plain situation. Be sure that you see that this is not a chive. Hello and welcome to Freaking Sweet, a Family Guy podcast. A week-by-week, episode-by-episode look back at Family Guy 20 years later. I'm your host, Ian, and this week we have a uh, fraught, a problematic, but a nonetheless uh, spotted with funny jokes uh, episode, Peter Griffin, husband, father, brother? It is our third season's 14th episode, and it is our 42nd episode overall. It is debuted December 6, 2001, and it was directed by Scott Wood and was written by Mike Barker and Matt Weitzman. Like I said, it is definitely problematic. I don't think it would fly in today's uh, 2020 world, but uh, I do think it has a lot of funny jokes throughout it. The Stewie cheerleader storyline is really funny, and um, it's... (laughs) It, like I said, it's really problematic, but it does have funny moments, and uh, we're going to talk about all of them as, as soon as we come back from a spot from our sponsor, Anchor, and when we come back, we will get into the episode, Peter Griffin, Husband, Father, Brother? If I see Santa, I'm going to knock him flat. Flat like your mama's ass, bitch. Fucking bitch ass pussy. Santa, you're looking a little heavy. Maybe a little too much belly jelly. Oh, oh, holy shit. Look who's fucking talking. Lay off the fucking fried mayonnaise bowl. I'd leave you a scale, but that would be a waste because you'd break it. I said Merry Christmas. Jesus is the reason for the season. First off, people include New Year's in that saying, like, and Christmas and New Year's are two separate holidays, hence happy holidays, but also, Jesus' birthday was most likely in August, so, frankly, get your Jesus out of my holiday. Fucking, doesn't do nothing for anybody. Fucking midnight mass, ugh, Santa's got shit to do. And we're back, and this episode starts with our opening clip, it is uh, Dennis Miller doing his multisyllabic rant. Of course, Peter picks out the smallest word in the uh, in the paragraph. Uh, to, you know, what the hell does rant mean uh, to, to, to take issue with? Of course, after that, we get our theme music. And then we go right into Chris's basketball game and uh he's not in right now they're wondering when they're gonna the coach is gonna put him in and 
two players collide and the coach is like, Griffin, get in there. And so Chris goes in and they're like, all right. And he just ends up mopping up the, the sweat off of the floor. He's just the towel boy. But they're still super proud of him, and Peter turns to Tom Tucker, uh, you know, nonetheless, in the uh, crowd, and says, I, that's my shutout day. I taught him how to wipe. And uh, uh, Todd Tucker, I believe is his son's name, is like, how come you don't teach me how to wipe? And he's like, you don't have a bottom, son. He's like, ah! And any, I don't know why, but that kid really, really makes me laugh. The upside-down face kid, Tom Tucker's kid. Um, every joke they do with him, for some reason, just makes me laugh super hard. During the game, Stewie is enraptured with the cheerleading squad after they do their their uh, pyramid. And they get Stewie to spell out dust mites and cheer for the basketball team. Stewie, and for some reason, I find it funny that the dust mites are winning. Um, in a lot of shows like this, they always show, like, uh, that the team sucks. I don't know. In comedies, I feel like that's um, uh, that happens a lot. Is that the team sucks? But in this, they're like they win every game that they're they're uh, cheerleading at. But Stewie is like, man, I must I must infiltrate these cheerleaders and find out their their hypnotic power. He's like, I haven't uh, been, I haven't had seen someone with power like this since that hypnotism act we saw back in Reno, I think, or Las Vegas. And we cut to them, uh, Stewie and Brian, doing making out because of a hypnotist act. And the guy snaps and not, takes them out of it. They're like, oh, I, do, I don't even remember a thing. And Stewie's like, mm, why do I taste crotch? And I'm like, well, Stewie, why do you know what crotch tastes like? Uh, Peter gets really bored and he's hungry and he's like, eh, I, I want to go. And Lewis is like, look, the game's almost over. Just try to think about something else. So he starts an American Beauty-esque dancing sequence where the main cheerleader, Cindy, is dancing um, sexually for him in a, in like a, in like a, in a blackout moment. And then when she goes to open her shirt, like in the movie, American Beauty, chicken wings start pouring out of her shirt and start coming out of his face and rubbing against him and one goes into his mouth and he starts chewing on it and Lois wakes him up and she's like Peter what the hell are you doing and he's just chewing on her hair and uh, for some reason that really makes me um, um, laugh and it also gave me the idea that I think a chicken restaurant slash like a really good chicken restaurant slash strip club would do really really good um there's definitely some sort of breasts pun out there i'll leave that to someone better than i or you know you guys if you guys can think of a joke for that you know let me know that'd be uh that'd be a good thing for you guys to do um chris on the way home starts to tell the family about uh some chick he met uh and during <clears throat> during the game and he, he during the ride home chris starts telling the family a story about some chick he met on the side of the basketball game and how his homies told <laughs> his words not mine uh, his homies uh gave her him the 411 on that chick and she's all about the bling bling and 
Um, Peter just stops the car and turns around and starts having Meg read Psalms while he tosses holy water on Chris. And uh, they're like, um, Chris, the, the, he's not possessed. He's just talking street, which is ridiculous sounding. He's just talking street. I don't know why that sounds so funny, but um, not like funny, but just sounds like ridiculous sounding. And he's like, huh, well, that's, that's weird. And like, well, you know, it's just a phase. You know, you went through a, a few yourself. And Brian's like, yeah, you remember that time you spent narrating your own life? And then we get a really funny cutaway. It's one of, like, one of my favorite cutaways, um, like, ever uh, to Peter narrating his own life. And uh, I'm going to play it right here. But I, I just wanted to, to preface this with this is, like, like, one of my favorite jokes um, from at least this season, maybe of all the, of the whole show. I walked into the kitchen and sat down at the table. I looked with a grimace at the questionable meal Lois had placed in front of me. Of course, I'd never tell her how disgusted I was with her cooking, but somehow I think she knew. Lois had always been full of energy and life, but lately I had begun to grow more aware of her aging. The bright, exuberant eyes that I had fallen in love with were now beginning to grow dull and listless with the long fatigue of a weary life. I awoke several hours later in a daze. And, and after that, like I said, that, that's one of my favorite jokes. After that, Peter comes into the kitchen and Chris is just uh, chilling, watching uh, a music video. Uh, it's... Uh, I can't remember the rapper's name, but it's a song called Hangnail. Uh, I'm going to play it at the end of the show, but it's super, like, right after the credits, so stick around for that. But it's super funny. Um, it's my, okay. I knew, so when I first met my wife, like, um, obviously, like, I love this show or I wouldn't do a podcast about it. And I knew that my wife was super cool and that I was, like, like really into my wife when, um we were watching this episode and she started singing along with the song hangnail because it's so funny and um i just knew that she was like cool and the chick for me when she started singing that and my wife is just super cool um just she, we get each other and we like a lot of the same things and uh we've introduced each other to a lot of new things and um that's really important and she's just awesome i just wanted to say that um, not that she even listens to this. Like, seriously, I, she's like, oh, I'm going to listen. She never has, not once. And I have no, uh, no, no, uh, um, I have no qualms with it, but I have, like, no faith that she ever would listen. She does not like radio, like talk radio, and she does not like podcasts or NPR or nothing like that. Um... So I just, I just find that funny. Um, but like I said, Peter, so he's like, um, he's watching this song and Peter comes in and he's like, hey, what's up, Chris? And he's like, oh, I'm just chilling here watching this uh, music video. I'm paraphrasing. He says it in like a really crazy, um, I guess like how they described a street way. He's like, I'm just chilling here watching this homie. Hey dad, you want to flow me some cheddar? Cause I gotta be Mackin style. But like, that's what Chris says, but he's like, man, you gotta give me some money. 
some dudes are fucking with me because my coat, my clothes, I wear the same, I'm a cartoon, so I wear the same clothes every day. You gotta give me some money because I gotta be fucking, you know, looking fly and you gotta help me out. And uh, Peter's like, ah, at least you tried, son. And then he walks away. Um, and then after that, we see another really, really funny thing. Stewie's watching the cheerleaders he's like okay now it's it, i have to i have to you know show off and and get them to, to like me so he does a little like audition where he jumps up on a table and he starts dancing and it's super funny um you have to like go watch this episode because this is super funny he does this really long dance routine and then uh all the te- all the cheerleaders love him they think he's like a teacher's kid or something but he just becomes like a like a, just an instant hit with the cheerleaders. And he's like, oh, if it's this easy to win you over, be lucky I'm not, or count yourself lucky I'm not up to your gully holes. And um, that's super funny. That part's probably one of the more, the, like I said, the side story on this with Stewie and the, and the cheerleaders is pretty funny, except for the very, very ending of it. Uh, <laughs> after that, Peter seeks advice from Cleveland at the drunken clam and he's like you know chris is like starting in with all this yo 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 stuff and you know i I don't understand him so i started beating him with a hose for a while but then my arm got tired so i came here and cleveland is like well maybe he's just like adopting another um culture's mannerisms because he doesn't know enough about his own why don't you show him some of his like irish roots like you know where you're from and peter's like oh that's a that's a that's a really good idea you know me and chris haven't done any um learning like this together since we played hobo operation <laughs> not that's just what it says in my notes uh, since since we played out op- we haven't done anything together since we played operation <laughs> And we cut to him and Chris playing Operation, but with a homeless guy. And uh, they're like, oh, you touched the side. And he's like, oh, oh, he's, he's starting to wake up. Come on, we got to get him back to the bus station. And um, I just wrote Hobo Operation. That made me really laugh. Um, but after that, we see Chris and Peter going to an Irish history museum because they have those in New England to learn about his their irish heritage and chris isn't really excited but you know he likes it by the end of it but it's it's the typical irish jokes that you'd see we see a um, animatronic uh i typical day of an irish man and it just shows him drinking a beer going home slapping his wife drinking a beer going home slapping his wife we see an animatronic of a typical irish woman's day and it's her and her knees praying, blah, 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 and then her going on her back, and then a baby popping up. Wah. And um, after that, we see an archaeologist view of what Ireland was like before the invention of whiskey. Ancient archaeological evidence indicates that Ireland was a much different place before the discovery of alcohol. Most experts believe it was something like this. Gentlemen, today we Ireland's top scientists have found a way to convert our entire population to pure energy. Oh, hey, Michael McLeod's just invented a new kind of beverage in his basement. Hmm, whiskey. 
They go to a library after that, and uh, on their way in, uh, Chris is like, what's a library? Which makes me assume that he's mentally challenged, and because he's like 13, how does he not know what a library is? But Peter says, ah, it's a place where, um, it's a place where you can get uh, Playboys and go, and homeless guys go BM, and... As they're looking through the library, they get books on genealogy, and um, it just so happens that the library that that's right by me is like the uh, genealogy like library for this part of Oklahoma. So there's always like a lot of genealogy stuff going on like there, and it's a really nice library. So a lot of events happen there, and they have a lot of geo- genealogy events there, and genealogy seems cool but it seems also like a really complicated like you have to go looking through a lot of reference books and that is just not for me uh but as they're looking through a history book uh we see a couple of peter's ancestors such as uh osiris griffin who was one of the owners of the first one of the first dozen telephones and uh there's a cutaway he answers the phone and he's like uh, is this uh is this four? Uh, no, this is three. Oh, sorry. And it's a, kind of a, just a little joke. And then uh, we see a uh, philosophy guy who's his wife is like, "Why don't you get a job?" And he's like, "Why?" And that's just a funny philosophy joke. And then uh, the next page shows that there is a African American gentleman who looks exactly. It's just Peter in blackface. Um, and, and he, he's a slave and his name's Nate Griffin and, and Peter's like, oh my God, I'm a black guy, which no, that does not make Peter a black guy. He, Peter's obviously like a, a white dude. Um, and that's reinforced later on when he gets arrested and railroaded for being, um, labeled a, a like literally labeled a local black man. And then, uh, I think he finds out that no, he is in fact not a, uh, he, he, it's just, that's the crux of the episode is that he continually calls himself. I'm a black guy because he has a, like a one black ancestor that he can, it's just like, mm, that's really, it's really weird. Um, and this, and it, and it's like why it makes this episode really, really weird, especially, when they like double down on it later on in the family guy, uh, family guy episode, um, the Griffin family history, which expands on the Nate Griffin story. Uh, but later on we see them talking in the living room, uh, um, uh, reading the, the, like, I think it's like the diary of Nate Griffin is the book that they found by him. And, um, they're like, this really seems like, like, your ancestor, Peter, he's, he looks exactly like you. And he's like, and Brian starts reading the book. He's like, he, he, Brian starts reading the book and says, uh, the, so I was brushing down, uh, the new cult and it farted right near my face. So I grabbed its head and put it right near my butt and blew a huge fart right back. And Peter starts laughing. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, that, that laugh is in here too. You hear it is. <laughs> and uh, he's like, 
wow, I've got an ancestor who's black. And, and Chris is super happy because he's like, I can be black and Irish. And Meg is like, well, I can wear pants that uh, show off my big butt. And then uh, Lois is, I guess, excited because she's like, I got to go tell Bonnie that I'm sleeping with a black man. And it seems that the whole family is pretty excited about it, I, I suppose. After that, we see Stewie having lunch with the cheerleading squad. Uh, they're talking about a boy. When he goes by, they all start giggling. <laughs> and um, he gives a girl some advice after someone um, asks him, asks her if she's going to go all the way with him. He's like, I wouldn't. He's like, and I know about bad advice. And we cut, get a cutaway to him giving OJ. He's like, I'm telling you, she's, she's screwing around behind your back. And if I were in your Bruno Mogley's, I wouldn't take it. And so OJ walks away while he's ordering another Magi. And he turns back around and OJ is gone. And, and he, when we come back, he starts talking to his little voice recorder. He's like, I haven't figured out the trick to their hypnotism yet. Also, I haven't figured out their fascination with the homosexuals from NSYNC, which is just really funny because Backstreet for life, yo. Like Backstreet over, like, uh, uh, not Nick, but uh, Justin. Timberlake over Backstreet, but Backstreet over in sync. That's how it that's how it shakes out to be. Um, but after that, Cle Peter walks up to Cleveland's house and he wants to ask Cleveland some advice. Cleveland is on his way out, um, to give the, his motorcycle a ride, and um, in an odd woke moment uh peter's like, yeah all right and they just with no question they hop on the motorcycle together and they're riding along and peter's like you know i found an ancestor of mine that that's black and i don't know really what to do with it and um cleveland is like well why don't you just like absorb the culture and then they continue their motorcycle ride but it's it's actually a pretty um it ends in a pretty funny way well, Peter, it sounds like you should go out and co-mingle amongst your newly found brethren. You know, absorb the culture. Wheelie time! Yeah. You know, you're right, Cleveland. I should be hanging around more black people like myself. Thanks. Hey, Peter, what the... It's the vibration. After that... Um, we see Peter doing what Cleveland said, you know, trying to absorb the, the culture of the African-American community. And so he goes to the Apollo Theater and listens to a comedian who's doing a bit about, um, Jerry Curl. And he, he he's like, you know, that Exxon Valdez thing? I didn't, that's not how it happened. A brother just fell in the ocean and everyone starts laughing. He's like, oh yeah, I remember that. And all the seals died and everyone's like, just stares at him. He's like, you know, it was on the news with Dan Rather. Although I think Connie Chung was filling in for him that night. And he's like, well, I think I should be hitting the old dusty trail. And he gets up and starts walking out. He ends up going the wrong way. He tells a guy with just an afro. He's like, I like your hat. And uh, then he finds the fire exit and um, makes the alarm go off. After that, we see him at an African-American studies course in some university i guess Cohog university and the the professor is explaining uh about thurgood marshall joining the supreme court and peter starts going like uh the doghouse on, on the arsenio hall show and he's like oh well i think i should be settling up 
and uh, he finds another fire door and makes the alarm go off. Back at the house, uh, Stewie is looking at himself in the mirror and is disgusted. Uh, he's he's a chubby little baby, and he's like, "You're the cheerleading, you're the cheerleading squad token blimp," and he starts throwing up, and it's absolutely horrible. Um, um, it, he's just a chubby little baby, and it's uh, not funny that he has anorexia. Um, but uh, he 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 is uh, pretty. It's, it's he's just a funny character, you know. He can almost make anything funny, uh, even even terrible terrible anorexia. Um, but from there, we see Peter going to an NAACP meeting with Cleveland. And that night, Cleveland uh, tells everyone that he received reparations from the family that had owned his ancestors. Uh, and they were, they're poor, poor white trash now, so they gave what they could, and they gave Cleveland uh, rice, a plate of Rice Krispie treats, and he shares them with everybody at the meeting uh, as a sign, as a, as a gesture of goodwill towards the community. And Peter takes one, and they're like, why is he taking one? And, and Cleveland explains that Peter has a black ancestor. And, well, what he says is Peter just found out he's black. And uh, the guy's like, you don't look very black. And um, Peter starts giving a speech, which is modeled off of a, of a apology. I can't think of who it is. I probably will think about the end of the episode and shout it out. Um, but it's an old politician's speech um from and, and it's talk he's talking about old uh african-american sitcoms and the um speech the original speech is um saying like i was at these civil rights um you know things you know i was there and uh th and then um peter's uh subbing that out for um black sitcoms from the 70s but, but, but I was also there for the bad times. When Florida lost James to that tragic auto accident. Oh, oh. And, and, and I was there when Tootie got those terribly painful braces. Oh, yes. And, and when Arnold Jackson got beat up by the Gooch, I was there. So before you decide that I don't belong here, remember this. I was there. Um, after he gets a standing ovation... Uh, he goes home, and the Peter Schmitz have come to visit. Uh, they say that um, they heard that. Well, Bab says something that I'm not going to repeat. Um, but they're like, you know, we found out that you were had a black ancestor, so we came over to, you know, tell the tell the family about our super white heritage, so that they can be proud about that which is absolutely fucking terrible. And Carter starts taking them through the bloody history of the Peter Schmitz, which includes him. Like, oh, here's my great-great-great-grandfather, who you see him here uh, uh, bartering with some Indians, and it's, he's got a fucking sword to a, to a child's throat. And it's just super racist. It's absolutely terrible. And then he sees a picture. He's like, oh, we'll just go right past that one. And Peter's like, well, no, what was it? And he goes back, and it showed that the Peter Schmitz owned Nate Griffin, and uh, he's like, Lois, your, your family owned my family. 
and um pewter schmidt is like whoa i don't don't know about this and and then so there's a there's a like a not a scuffle but like an argument a yelling match and they're like well this is really awkward so we're just gonna go to bed everything will look better in the morning so they go to bed and um he trips on a carter trips on a skateboard and grabs the curtain and it takes the curtain rod uh, off the wall and it whips peter like right perfectly in the back to where the just like scratches him all the way up it and peter thinks he's, he's like you can whip me all you want white devil and um it that is a hell of a hell of a coincidence um also like i feel like i'm sorry but like if that like was like a little bit farther like that could have like really fucked like peter up but he's a cartoon so he's fine i've literally watched peter's head get ripped the fuck off by someone's bare hands lois did it it was pretty funny it's in the trump episode or in the episode before the trump episode um which is almost as bad as the trump episode because it's about peter becoming a right-wing uh news analyst um spoiler alerts go back and listen to my crossover episode uh with the family guy funny cast those guys are awesome and that was a really fun episode and i think we're just we're i think we're they're they're finishing some stuff up and i'm pretty sure that we're wanting to do another crossover and that would be really fun we're looking to do some uh maybe some star wars stuff it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun stewie sneaks into the locker room of the cheerleading squad and determined to find out uh, if there's something that he's missing about their hypnotic power uh, he does find a book, uh, but it doesn't end up helping him. Uh, the book is called Your Body and You. Your Body and You. Every four weeks for three to four days, it's entirely normal for every young woman to... Oh, my God! Oh, that's the most disgusting thing I've ever heard in my life! Oh! Um, Cindy and the Chilling Squad come in right after he reads that, and he has to die... Uh, he has to duck into a, I was going to say dive and duck, and then it just turned into, duh. you guys heard it, obviously you were there, um, but he dives into a locker, and the, Cindy's being a bitch, she's like, you guys are fucking losers, you guys are cheerleaders, you guys are cheerleaders, like, you know, being a, uh, head cheerleader bitch, um, but, uh, Stewie is, um, listening and she's like you i almost broke my neck on on, on the pyramid ah like, oh, the pyramid that must be the source of their power and so stewie's plan is formulated he has to eliminate cindy and take her place at the top of the pyramid and if you were looking at my notes you would see that i drew a pyramid or a triangle shape not a full pyramid because who's the fucking time and then an arrow pointing at the top of it indicating that his plan is to be at the top of the pyramid uh, but then, uh, they all start getting naked. He's like, oh, I can't watch. But he's like, oh, shit, nice one, Janine's. Oh, and, and look at Lisa. And the only reason I mentioned is because he's, because he's doing his Stewie accent. He says, oh, look at Lisa. Lisa, it's funny. I don't know why. In her curvaceous glory. But, um, and then he, he's like, he's like, and then he looks down and he's like, oh, it seems my wee has been struck with a uh, sudden case of rigor mortis. And it's just funny. Uh, the next day, Peter is, uh, he comes into the kitchen. He's in a dashiki. That's what he says. Uh, and Carter and Lois are there. And he, they're like, what are you wearing? He's like, a dashiki. That's how I know he said that. 
but uh peter comes in and uh he's like hello peter and he's like kichwa and he refuses to be called anything but kichwa tembo and uh chris is super psyched he's like well then i'm gonna be mambusu o'malley which is kind of he said he wanted to he said he wanted to be uh black and irish which mambu i think he said mambutu and i wrote mambusu so my bad but i think he says mambutu o'malley which is i would o'malley sounds pretty fucking irish to me um but Carter's like, look, I wanna, I wanna, I, I, I wanna, you know, get past this and never speak of it again. And uh, Peter's like, well, I want reparations like Cleveland. I want a, an apology and some Rice Krispie treats. Damn it! And um, Carter's like, well, I will absolutely not give you an apology, which is the most fucked up part about it. And then, um, well, no, not the most fucked up part, but like one of the most like insulting parts of it um but then he's like well i won't but and i'm assuming rice krispie treats is like it's like slang for for money so yeah sure he tries to give him 10 grand peter's like what and he's like what that's not enough all right 20 grand he's like what do i make how do you spell quichua and he's like God, forget the quichua just make it out to peter p-e-t and now that uh now that peter has um regained uh twenty thousand dollars in reparations for his ancestors um enslavement uh hopefully peter will do the right thing we'll find out when we come back after a few more santa slams fuck you santa i'm gonna kick your fucking ass fucking punk ass kringle oh 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 you know what? Yeah, it's it's been a long night. Yeah, let's fucking do this, bro. You wanna mess with the man with the belly jelly? Let's fucking rumble. Get ready. <laughs> you wanna rock around the Christmas tree? I'll walk your ass down to Christmas fucking town, punk ass bitch. Santa rolls eight reindeers deep, by the way. Fucking feral. Eat your fucking ass. Santa's not even fucking real. Oh, oh, fucking not real. You're not fucking real, bitch. Wanna fucking tangle with the big guy? Oh, huh, motherfucker? Fucking rock your ass down up and down this fucking block. Fucking motherfucker. Fucking calling me not real. You're not fucking real. Fucking come out here. Fucking get. We can fucking throw down. I'll fuck. I fucking Santa does BJJ. Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Fucking. You know how many elves I've choked out? Fuck you. Fucking not real. Fucking whoop your fucking ass. Fucking come on out here. We can fucking rock and roll. Get fucking Mannheim's T rolled, bitch. What's up? Sometime later, uh, Peter holds a short press conference to say that uh, the the money helps, but the the pain will always be there. And then he uh, he, he laughs. <laughs> hey, does it look like I'm not talking into a bunch of robot penises? And uh, he just can't take anything seriously. That Peter, oh, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, but we see. Lois in the kitchen doing the dishes and Peter calls her into the living room and I'm not quite sure how he managed to do this uh, without her seeing it other than explaining that it's just a fucking cartoon but Peter has turned the living room into Pee-wee's playhouse well she calls it the den so it might be that room where her, their piano is now that I think about it either way he's turned one of the rooms into Pee-wee's playhouse and I remember watching Pee-wee's playhouse my, when we were watching it my wife was like oh my god 
Pee-wee's Playhouse freaked me the fuck out. And I was like, really? I liked it. I don't know why. I just thought it was fun. But we do all the, the fun Pee-wee's Playhouse things. He 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 uh, sings the theme song. And he, he, he summons Jombie. And it's Brian. And he's like, mecha licka high, mecha high. Oh my god, I hate you. And uh, Lois is like, how could you just spend your money you know, like this, this is, you didn't do anything for the community, this is selfish, he's like, hey, I will not have you speaking like this when the king of cartoons gets here, I will not have you embarrassing me, and she's like, oh my god, this is ridiculous, and the sirens go off, and he's like, ah, you said the secret word, uh, and then Peter, later on after that, is driving along, and he's pulled over and now that he's been labeled literally on on the news by tom tucker and literally his his uh chiron underneath his name has labeled him a local black man and he is pulled over and treated as such uh-oh Hey, you're that black guy I saw in the news conference, ain't you? Uh, yeah, that's me. This is car 15. I'm gonna need backup. I've got a stolen vehicle here. But this is my car. Suspect's getting belligerent. What? Officer down. And it's absolutely terrible. Um, the cop is played by Gary Cole. I noted that. Um, I just love Gary Cole as a voice actor. I just, that's a weird time to say it. I just realized that. But um, it's a terrible, uh, terrible thing that happens. The 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 like stu- sh- stunts like that actually, it's bullshit. It's it's a lot of bullshit. It's hard to separate the cartoon from the real world and just try to get through this because um, you get it. I I I, th- I would think that you get it. Um, later on, Peter turns up at the NAACP meeting. Um, the guy's like, uh, all right, it's agreed. We'll continue to eat pig's feet to confound the white man. And while that's funny, Peter comes in and everybody turns, uh, angrily to him. And he's like, what? And and they're like, look, we know about your reparation money and how you squandered it. And Clem's like, like, I only got rice crispy treats and I shared it with everyone. And, uh, Peter is not as chastened as he should be by no means, but he does seem chastened, and he, when is he's like you, when Cleveland's like you should leave, he's like yeah, I'm I'm gonna go. Um, later on, Peter turns up at Chris's latest basketball game. Uh, he looks to the crowd, which is completely segregated. Uh, one side is full of uh, black people, and the other side full of white people, and he's rejected by both, and. Uh, from there, we cut to Stewie in the bathroom. He has kidnapped Cindy. Well, we we see the cheerleaders, and they're like, well, what are we going to do? I, where's Cindy? And we cut to to Cindy in the bathroom with Stewie. She's been tied up and and gagged. And he's like, he's like, ugh, ah, I get, I'm going to, uh, I, I must say, Cindy, uh, uh, you're, you're, you were pretty hard to, to capture. Um, and then he, he talks about how, he's like, and, and I hate the way that you do end your name in that with that I and the way you dotted with that smiley face. You, he's, and then she starts screaming. He's like, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm not going to hurt you. And then Peter walks into the men's room 
and is washing his hands when the ghost of Nate Griffin uh, shows up and starts giving him some advice and, and Peter is talking about, you know, his, his, what's his situation and Nate Griffin starts giving him, uh, some, some ancestral advice that I think is, is, is really wise. The most important thing is how a man acts. You know what I'm getting at? You think I should do something good with that reparation money, don't you? That'd be mighty fine, Peter. Yeah, I guess you're right. Listen, for what it's worth, I I'm real sorry my wife's ancestors made you suffer so much. Oh, don't worry about me. If it makes you feel any better, I peed in their cereal every morning. <laughs> well, so long, Peter. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, before you go, what's heaven like? Oh, it's fine. There's a shortage of chairs. Oh. Um, <laughs> I... <laughs> The shortage, there's a, Nate Griffin's like, there's a shortage of chairs. He's like, ha, and he's like, yeah, and then he disappears. He's like, bye, Peter, and he disappears. Um, As the cheerleaders are about to go on, the, they're like, I guess we're going to have to go on without, without her, and she goes, they all go out, and then right at the last second, Stewie comes out dressed like Cindy. He, he's got pigtails and a, with a wig, and he's got, like like, balls in his shirt for boobs, and they make the pyramid, and he's like, give me a D, and everyone gives him a, a D, and um, then he's like, all right, that's enough of that. There's a large hunting knife, and then the pyramid collapses, but what was he going to say? Like, uh, like what was he going to say in the in, if, if the pyramid hadn't collapsed? Like, what was he going to go on to say? Like, I, I wonder what it could have been. All right, there's a large hunting knife underneath your seat. Take it out and slit everyone's throat around you that you can. Like, what was his end game here? Like, what was I trying to do? There's a large hunting knife. Okay, are you my army with hunting knives? That's weird. I should have used guns. I don't. I don't know what I was doing. Yeah, something like that. I. I guess I don't know what he was gonna do. Um. I guess he was going to have them all murder themselves, but that seems like a weird thing. Maybe he was going to turn them all on Lois. And then Lois could have had like a Kingsman style fight with everyone where she just murders everyone brutally. They actually do that with, uh, with Chris and Meg later on. And it's actually a really good scene in the, in the, um, cafeteria of their school. Um, Dude, I had no idea that was going to happen when I went and saw that movie in theaters. Me and my wife didn't know that was going to happen. We hadn't read anything about it or, like, read the comic books or anything. And, dude, that shit came out of nowhere. It was awesome. But, like, like I said, it just came out of fucking nowhere. Um, but, like I said, I have no idea what his, his end game was there. But after they fall down, Peter picks up the 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 megaphone that... Stewie was using and he apologizes he's like I I used that money terribly I'm really sorry that was selfish he's like and I want to share this with my brothers and he throws the money and for the second time in the show's history he has made it fucking rain and when I say rain he seems to throw one handful of money but when we get like a one cut away and everyone there's just like like dozens of people and it's just fucking raining money it is just 
fucking Ducket City. And I don't know where it all came from. But he's like, I, I meant that just for the black guys. And then, but you see all the white people and the black people mixing, hugging, and being like, oh, this is, this is healing us. Uh, our, our, this is healing our relationship racially. Ah, oh, this is, this is really, this is closure for us in this cartoon. Because again, this is a cartoon and we have to separate it from the real world or we would drive ourselves crazy. Uh, but, um, so he's like, so we end the episode with pretty much him learning nothing. He's like, and you know, well, he says, I've learned something, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're black or white. The only color that matters is green. And then we get a smash cut to Quagmire finding Cindy all tied up and to i think it was to cleanse the palate of the of all of the um race jokes about this entire episode that's supposed to be like pretty pretty like you know like uh racy like racial jokes and they ended on a statutory rape joke and i think that was like a palate cleanser maybe is that what they were going for i don't know dear diary jackpot Either way, that's how it ends. Um, there are special credits where Peter raps the end credits. But again, like the other song, we're going to hold off on that until after um, our our ending, uh, you know, like my little ending spiel where I tell you where to send us a message and what we're going to do next week. So listen to those because it's going to be really fun. But And that'll just be in a couple minutes, so don't worry about it. And in the meantime, that will wrap it up for us here at Frickin' Sweet, a Family Guy podcast. I've been your host, Ian, and if you want to get in touch with us, you can do so by sending us an email at frickinsweetfamilypod at gmail.com, or you can go to our homepage at anchor.fm slash sweet. And on there, you can check out our whole backlog of episodes, including our bonus episodes, including a look back at the very beginning of Family Guy, including the um, unofficial pilot and his cartoon, Seth MacFarlane's cartoon um, thesis for college, as well as like a background on Seth MacFarlane. That was so long ago, I forgot about doing that, but it's it's a really good episode. I'm gonna have to remaster that and get some more and get some actual clips because in it there's no clips. This is like way back when I first started the podcast, and I just. I've got, believe it or not, I promise you, I've gotten much better at this. Um, we're closing in on a year now, and we're, we're, well, we've done more than 42 episodes, but we are 42 episodes of the show in, and it has been a lot of fun, and we've got so much stuff, I've got so much stuff planned, I promise, and it's, it's, it's all, I'm working my best at it. And, um, but I'm thinking about going back and maybe remastering a couple of those episodes, and a couple of those first episodes, specifically the very first one in that one. We've also got um, fun looks at uh, Stewie Griffin, The Untold Story. We did that in three parts, and those are some of our more popular episodes, and they're really, really fun. Um, and we also did the first episode of the Star Wars trilogy that Family Guy did, um, and that that was a lot of fun. I love Star Wars, and I love Family Guy, so put them all together, and what do you get? Happy this guy. Um... But, since I've told you uh, how to get in touch with us, why don't I tell you what we're going to do next week? I'll tell you, for Christmas, we are going to be doing 
a very special Family Guy freaking Christmas. It's one of my favorite Christmas episodes. Lois blows her fucking stack when nothing goes right, and it is hilarious. But that's not all. For Christmas, we are going to be doing the episode that aired the same weekend. These two episodes aired back to back, and we're going to be doing the same thing for you. Two episodes in a row next week. And the second one is Ready, Willing, and Disabled. It is a fan favorite. It is when Peter helps Joe win the Special Olympics with the help of a little friend named Steroid. It is a really funny episode. It's one of my favorite episodes. And like I said, the Christmas episode is one of my favorite Christmas episodes. So next week is a huge week for us. I'm so happy. I've never been more happy to put more work on myself. I'm going to be forgoing video games and movies and you know christmas specials to be getting this out to you guys and i couldn't be happier um but so please join us that for that next week and uh thank you for listening and we've got a few special things to play after this so please stay tuned um we'll see you next week it's gonna be great i can't wait see you for now bye seems today that all you see, all you see is violence in movies, violence in movies and yeah. sex, on TV. sex on TV. But where are those good old-fashioned values on which we used to rely? Yeah. Luck, 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 lucky there's a family guy. Lucky there's a Lucky there's a Lucky there's a family guy. Lucky there's a Lucky there's a He's a family guy. In the house. You know. You know. I was brought up on the streets, no moms and dads. I had to fend for myself with my own two hands. But today I'm hurt, and I'll tell you why. I got a hangnail, hangnail. hanging from my cuticle. A hangnail. hangnail, it ain't beautiful. It hurts like a bitch that I did last night.